Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of the Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello once again, and thank you for joining us for the Financial Fund Podcast. Today, our guest is the lovely and vibrant Shannon Swingen-Jones. Thank you for joining us, Shannon. Thank you so much for having me. So, Shannon, tell us about your business. What is your passion? My passion is Fabuplus Magazine, and Fabuplus Magazine is the world's only body positive, health, fitness, and lifestyle magazine that's dedicated to the plus-size community. And, and what got you into doing that? Because it's definitely needed. I, I'm, I'm so disgusted with seeing these photoshopped supermodels so that they look like they're basically stick figures wearing clothes. And that's exactly what my motivation came from. I was tired of not seeing myself represented on any newsstand and in any mainstream media that was out there. And I thought, you know, I wonder if if other women would like to see everyday women on the cover and gracing pages of a magazine. And that's how Fabuplus was born. Well, it's it's definitely much needed. So where I have never heard of this before. Where does a person get their hands on this? Fabuplus magazine is located in Canada and the U.S. And in Canada, we're on newsstand shelves. We're in Chapters, Indigo. We are at Safeway, Save on Foods, uh, Overweighty Foods, and Shoppers Drug Mart shelves. And in the U.S., we are located at Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. So you're definitely getting out there. I will have to totally take a look next time I'm, I'm out and about and uh, pick up a magazine. That would be great. Which would be a first for me because I don't typically do that. <laughs> <laughs> and what is your family situation, Shannon? Well, I'm a mother of two children. My daughter is 15 and just headed into grade 10. And my son is 10 years old and headed into grade 5. I'm going to have to ask, what does your 15-year-old daughter think of Mums Magazine? Because I know that how heavily the mainstream media and all this stuff target teenage girls in particular with like the Teen Vogue and all of this stuff. And then they're wondering why our girls in particular, not just the girls, but mostly the girls, are growing up with so many body image issues and stuff like that. Uh, exactly. Uh, you know, I think I've been blessed to walk along this journey with my daughter and she's seeing and hearing what uh, Fabu Plus is all about. Our message that all bodies are good bodies. And I think that's the message she's taking home with her as well. Oh, that's that's good. I'm going to have have to have my daughter take a look. I like I have a 14 year old daughter and I'm I'm fortunate that she's she's not interested in any of the teen magazines or stuff like that. But when I see them 
at the checkout stands, which is pretty much the only place I ever see these things, it, it just, it's so disturbing because I was just reading on Facebook, there was a big um, article, Jennifer Lawrence was talking about how she's so disgusted, like, she was showing, okay, here's the real picture of me, and then here's how they photoshopped me to put me in the magazine so that, so that even me, I can't even look like that. And then mm-hmm. it's being read by, by, by women and girls all over and going, well, how come I can't look as good as Jennifer Lawrence? Well, Jennifer Lawrence doesn't look as fake as she does in the magazine pictures. Exactly. Your 10 year old boy probably isn't paying any attention at all, is he? Cause he's busy with other things. He is busy with other things, but you know, he, he sees the level of con- confidence in our bodies that we have. And, you know, we're, we're very fit and active family and that all bodies are good bodies. And so hopefully that message is coming through to him too. Well, that's, that's very good. And what are they thinking? Like, is this your first entrepreneurial exercise or have you been in business before? No, this is my first entrepreneurial exercise. I worked in corporate prior to starting Fabu Plus magazine. Oh, so you, you took a major leap of faith in order to do this. I took a major, major leap of faith. Absolutely, you are right. <laughs> and so what, what, are the, what are some of the comments or anything that the kids are saying, seeing mom going from, from the what's considered safe and secure corporate job into a business that is as risky as typically starting a magazine is? It is very risky, and we've been very fortunate and blessed to have done so well in our uh, year and a half of publishing. Um, it, I think the biggest change was adjusting to working from home as opposed to working from an office. So prior to being an entrepreneur, I'd leave the house at 7.30 and I'd get home at 6. And then when I'm home, the kids have my undivided attention. Whereas mm-hmm. now working from home, I'm working at my desk from 8 o'clock until 5 o'clock. But the kids are around between 3 and 5. And so there, for the first few months, there was a lot of tendency for them to, Mom, can you help me? Can you help me? And I'm like, pretend I'm not here. It's just like I'm working. I'm not here. I'm invisible mom right now. And and have they finally gotten that now? Yes, I do believe they've finally gotten it now. And they pretty much leave me alone when I'm sitting in my office, which is great. And I'm uninterrupted and I can just plow through the day. Oh, you you need to do that. I have my office at home and it's, it's, it's quite good. I've got the daughter trained better than the husband. <laughs> <laughs> so with, with your kids being the age and stuff there, what are some of the questions that they, they've asked you about money as they've been growing up? And, and like I said, especially seeing you make the change from, from corporate to being a publisher. Uh, making the changes has mostly been around our wants as opposed to our needs. I mean, as a family, we make sure that our needs are being met. But it's the wants that we've had to sort of really look at, well, do we really need that or do we want it? And is that something that maybe we can put on a Christmas or a birthday list as opposed to just because we're walking through the checkout doesn't mean you need to have it right this moment. So those are the contact contexts that we've used to discuss finance with our family. So it's not that we can't afford it. It's that we're choosing not to. We're choosing to invest our money in other things right now. And that means that going out for dinner and whipping into McDonald's to grab an ice cream aren't some of those things that we're choosing to spend our money on at this time. And and I like how you're making it all about the choices and stuff like that, because so many people are so 
unconsciously negative about the way they talk about money. And I think that was a pattern that we we were in in the very beginning until I consciously realized, you know, what message is that sending to the children? I don't want them to think that we can't afford things. It's that, well, we can. We're just making choices with where our money is choosing to go. And being aware of the language is, is so important because how many of us have these financial hangups from the things that we heard as kids growing up? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, being a person who grew up in a house where my mom chose to stay home. So that meant that we did not have a lot of extras. Uh, we, the, our needs were food on the table, paying the bills and the mortgage, not, uh, iPads, cell phones, or video games. Those were needs. Oh, very, very much so. Like just thinking back to kids and stuff, like cell phones didn't exist when we were kids iPads didn't exist when we were kids and now it's it's considered an, an, a necessity for most people and they're really not. <laughs> no, no, that's for sure. I mean, you know, it, it's just something that society's made it a necessity, right? We, they didn't have a lot of things when we were growing up. We were mostly a TV and game family. We played games and watched TV periodically, but that was kind of about it. I think we're a disposable society now where you see something you want it you play with it for a bit like a fidget spinner and then when the fat is gone it's in the garbage it's gone too and one of the messages we're trying to send is well that's not garbage it's actually money that you've just spent and you're just going to throw that money away is kind of how we're trying to view it well i was just reading an article a couple days ago about how many products have built in obsolescence because Companies want us to keep buying more and more and how actually in the European Union, they have made laws where products have to have a minimum guaranteed lifespan and things like this because it's it's better for the economy, it's better for the environment, it's better for consumers. And we haven't gotten that here yet. And like you said, there's so many, the fidget spinners are absolutely everywhere. And while it's a trend, yep, you can get them everywhere and and different colors and stuff like that. But what, what's going to happen to all that stuff this year when there's something new that's the trend? Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, fidget spinners, when they come out, it's not that you have to have one. You have to have a blue one, a green one, one that lights up, one that has three holes, one that has two holes, right? Like it just doesn't end. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just ridiculous. The the consumerism that's being foisted upon our, our kids, it's quite, quite disturbing. And it, and I don't know if it's just the fact that I'm getting old or or it is worse than when we were kids. I think the way in which they get at the kids is different because we just had a TV and news media when we were growing up, whereas now there's YouTube media, there's Facebook media, there's Instagram media, there's uh, advertising that comes up on the game. So I think they're exposed to it a lot more frequently in that type of media that they're using now as opposed to when we were kids. And I think it's targeted a lot more. Like I, I grew up in, in rural Alberta and for the longest time we had two channels on our TV that you could typically get. And on a good day, if the weather was good, you could possibly get the third. And my dad controlled the TV where, like you said, now the kids are getting stuff. My daughter's big on, she loves YouTube videos and she's on this thing called uh what? pad where they do writing and things like that and I'm going 
we never had any of that stuff when I was growing up. So it's quite interesting to see the different ways that they're getting at my child. Well, as well as the way technology is able to follow what you do online and then take where you've been and put those ads in front of you because they already know you're interested. Oh, the targeted marketing big time. It's targeted. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas, you know, back in the day when you had two or three channels, it was like, okay, well, CBC is going to air all of these commercials and chances are whoever's in the house is going to see it. Whereas now it's like, no, I know this kid is this age. Here's all the videos that they've watched in the last week. So I know that they're going to be interested in what I have. So I'm going to put my ad in front of them. And then the next thing you know, they're going to be asking their parents to buy it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and just the tracking cookies and stuff that they're using. My husband and I have been, we're doing a big renovation project. So we've been on like Lowe's and we've been on Rona and like, because you're getting all the things that you need. And now on Facebook, Rona is always showing me ads for the flooring I just bought. <laughs> Yeah, that's that lovely Facebook pixel that tracks everything that you do. Which which in some ways is good, but if you stop and think about it, it's actually really disturbing at the same time. Well, it makes you realize how you're being tracked, everything. And who has that information is all about and where it goes. And, you know, that's that's something that people don't often realize. They're just like, oh, wow. That's weird. I was just on a travel site and now there's for to Mexico and now there's travel Mexico deals showing up on my Facebook page. Yes. People don't understand that you're on Facebook for free because you are the product. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you are the product. So what are, what are some of the other questions? Like, do your kids ever ask you questions about money? Not so much. I mean, I know when it comes about to money, like um, they're at a point where a lot of their older relatives, when it's birthday and Christmas time, don't necessarily know what gifts to give them. So they will give them cash. And so we would have conversations about, well, you know, 50% of what you receive needs to go in a bank for a later day. And some of it you can spend now because if they spend it now and we talk about you know, what's coming later, we don't know. There might be a trip that we're taking as a family um, that's coming up in a few months and you might want to have some spending money. Well, this way you have it there for you as opposed to if you want to go to Starbucks and grab a drink with that five bucks now, you save it, you know, you'll just end up blowing it. So we have those types of conversations about how, what savings is and how important it is because if you, you know, it's more than just buying a car or buying a house. It's about, you know, you never know when someone's going to call you up and say, oh, let's go to the P&E this week. And it's like, oh, well, that would be great. How are you going to get in? What fees are you going to use? What are you going to do when you get there? Oh, you've got some money in your account. OK, well, let's take some money out of there and we'll support you a little bit. And then you can have your trip. Do you, do you find with, with having having the two kids, do you find that they treat money very differently or are they fairly similar? They treat money very differently. One of them has it's a hole burning in their pocket and the other one is a little more reserved with how they spend it and thinks a little bit more before they buy it. Like we went on a trip to Whistler. We, um, my older daughter took some of her own money. And, you know, when we were going through some of the gift shops, she would look at it and go, oh, maybe I'm not too sure. I'll think about it and come back. Whereas every gift shop we were in with my son, he's like, I want this. I want that. I want this. I want that. And how do they interact with each other around the subject? 
I'm trying to think, do they share their money? Sometimes they do. Like if my son has, oh, it's bake sale. I need 25 cents and he doesn't have it. My daughter will be like, okay, well, I have some for you. You can have it. So they have those types of conversations. Um, but they're not into like, they haven't really had those discussions yet. I think 10 is a little too young for, to be talking with peers about money. It's just not in his, not in it. He's more interested in the latest video game or, or his next hockey game than he is in the money aspect right now. And do they, do your kids have any financial goals, anything that they're saving up for? I think my daughter is saving up for a trip that she's going to, and she's doing active fundraising next summer. She has a trip plant, uh, to Thunder Bay in Canada with some of her friends through a youth group event. Oh my. And she needs to contribute financially in order to be able to go. So she's definitely saving and thinking about that and what she's doing, bottle drives and all that kind of stuff on her own because she knows it's a big trip. And if she wants to fly there and stay and eat and all that stuff, she's got to definitely contribute. Well, that's, that's a very good one. What about your son? No, he's more money in, money out kind of guy. <laughs> he's more money in, money comes in, money goes out. And he's the one that, you know, can we go out for dinner? Can we go out for ice cream? Can we get a Slurpee? Can we do this? And I'm like, dude, like, do you think? And I can, and I hate to use that saying that my parents used on me. Do you think money grows on trees? <laughs> right? Because, you know, it's like, I just want to explain to him, well, where do you think the money comes from? And do you have money? And, you know, here's the money that we're choosing to spend and we have to put it towards the light and the food and, you know, all of this stuff. And when we have a refrigerator full of food, there's really no need to go out for dinner. But I want to. I feel like this. And yeah, he's he's a lot different. We'll see how that pans out. So he's, he, he's very much on the instant gratification train. Absolutely. Well, to, to wrap up here, if you could make sure that your kids get three messages, like three lessons that they totally get about money so that you feel you've been successful as a parent, what if, what three things would you want your kids to learn? Manage your debt uh, and keep it controllable. And three things. Okay. Well, manage your debt. I guess that's credit card. Manage okay. your credit card debt. Um, make sure you have savings for emergencies and think before you spend, is it a need or a want? Very, very good. So many people are so unconscious with their money that they have no idea where it all goes to. Yeah, absolutely. And then they end up with closets and cupboards and drawers and garages filled with stuff that they paid good money for and have barely used if they have used it at all. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think about that sometimes when I look at all the stuff that's on my children's toy shelves that they don't touch and play with. And I'm like, just get, like, why? Why? <laughs> but they'll sell it if they want it when they're ready to let go of it. They'll sell it and have a little bit of money to burn a hole in their pocket with. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to talk with us. It was a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundations Children's Books, on Twitter at 
Financial Fun, and Instagram at financial.fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fun Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfun.ca.